This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Amen. Amen. Well, Numbers chapter 22, don't kill your donkey. Verse 21 is where we're going to begin reading. I'm going to read you a lengthy passage, and then I'm going to preach truth to you. Matter of fact, would you just say this toward me now? Thank you, Pastor. Pastor. I needed that. that. Because you're not going to say that when I'm done. Numbers 22:21 says like this. So the next morning Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, watch this, he tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot. He corrected course. I want you to notice that against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again, and then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord... Who? who? The Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. Let me just tell you, there's rare anybody makes anybody look like a fool, but we do a really good job ourselves. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I, listen, when when the donkey is smarter than you are, you are in trouble. (laughs) Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand and Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. The goal of this sermon is for you to bow your head and to fall before the King of Grace. Now think about where we've been over the last few weeks. And so as I was seeking God for a message, it would seem like a good weekend for a message of encouragement, but instead God took me to this passage. Now I put this story of the talking donkey up there with stories like a man who prayed from inside a great fish or, 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 or three men who walked around in the side, uh, inside of a great fiery furnace or, or a, a man who uh, slept peacefully in a den of lions. I believe that, that, that in each of those that God was showing His supernatural power, and this story is one of the greatest miracles in the Bible, that God, God gave this animal this ability to speak. But even in that, I think it goes along with our series we were doing, that there's some confusing things about this story. Some, some confusing moments that really made me step back and go, I don't get it, God. I don't understand what you're trying to say to us. But yet in, let me just tell you this, when you find something that confuses you in the Bible, it usually means God want, is wanting to reveal something to you. 
And the reason that it confused me in the Bible was because just we began reading in Numbers 22, 21, if we go back to Numbers 22 and 20, we find a statement here that, that makes this whole story a little confusing because why is the angel in the way of Balaam going? Because God told Balaam not to go and thus he's disobeying the command of God. But yet in Numbers 22 and 20, it reads like this. That night God came to Balaam and told him, since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. Now, how confusing is this now? God says, go. Balaam goes, so God puts an angel in the path to destroy him for going, even though God says, go. So why would God tell him to go and then get so angry and send the angel to block his path? Well, to understand this, that you have to understand what was happening in the story. And this is where we're going to really dig in deep today, because what's happened in this story is Balaam has got his eyes on the benefit on the other end of the ride. Balaam is looking at the wealth and the fame and the prestige that he can get to on the other end of the ride. Now, he knew that God didn't want him to go, but he was trying to, watch this, weigh out. Is it worth going and uh, uh, disobeying God to get the temporary benefit of where I'm going to go? Are you with me? God said, don't go. Then God said, go. Then God is going to kill him for going. And the whole point that I want you to see here so that you can understand the confusion that ends up without understanding the whole message is this. When you start judging whether or not obeying God is greater than living in sin, you're in trouble already. Because there is no benefit so great that it outweighs obedience to God. I want you to get this. There is nothing that you could do that outweighs being obedient to God. I know what you're thinking. You go, but Pastor Don, you don't understand. Sometimes I get torn in the middle because I know what God wants me to do, but I know what I really, really want. And if I wait over here, we're like Balaam. If Balaam had obeyed God, then he would have gotten nothing. He would have been, he might have gotten killed by Balak for not obeying. He might, he might have suffered. He might have done without. He might have struggled because he had obeyed God. But yet by going with them, look, he gets wealth and he gets prestige and he gets all these things that he wants because he outweighed the benefit against obeying God. And he said, Oh, maybe that doesn't make sense to you. Let me, oh, let, me, let me reel it in here. I know what God's Word says about this. What? Just give me a one-tenth commandment. What's one-tenth commandment? Thou shalt not steal. All right, I got to steal right over the left. Thou shalt not steal. So here I am. I realize that nobody knows if I take this. Nobody will catch me. It's the perfect crime. Nobody, I'm not going to be punished for it. I can go over here and I can take this and then I will have all of this in my life. Watch this. Now I have all of this in my life and I'll have a benefit from this, but I will have to have compromised the word of God. And so Balaam is in that predicament. He knows that God says this and then, but he knows that if he goes over here, he's going to get this. Maybe we're still not there yet. How about this? We know that the word of God tells me that a believer has no business being yoked to an unbeliever, but I'm lonely and I, I'm cold. People are like, I'm tired of my bed being cold. The older you get, the colder it's going to get anyways. Come on now. Amen. 
I got to have somebody. I got to have somebody to love. And you start looking over here and you start weighing out. The word of God tells me that I need to stand my ground and wait for the right person. And I don't need to be sexually active with somebody that I'm not married to. And the word of God says, obey God. And you go, but, but, I, but you don't understand. Uh, God will forgive me. Thank God for grace because I'm lonely. I told you you weren't going to say, thank you, pastor, when I'm done. You see, we get stuck in the middle sometimes, and we're trying to outweigh with God. Will the weight of what God blesses me with be greater than the instant satisfaction I can get? We say, you know what? I'm dealing with pain. If I go over here, I got to process the pain. But if I go over here, I can climb inside of a bottle, and I won't feel the pain because I'm, I'm dealing with the benefit. Does it outweigh obedience to God? And the problem is, this might numb you up, but what's going to happen over here, oh, God's going to heal you up, and God's going to make you better. It might not look like it right now, but obedience always outweighs the benefit of sin. Am I preaching truth? I'm preaching truth. And what you have to understand here is the backstory. The backstory is that the children of Israel are passing through the land and Balak says, I can't beat them because they're bigger and they're stronger than we are. So I've got to curse them. So he sends for Balaam, but God clearly shows up and he makes it very, very clear in numbers 22 and 12. But God told Balaam, do not go with them. You are not to go with them. You are not to curse these people for they have been blessed. I mean, that's pretty clear. Don't do it. Don't go. And don't curse them because I have called them blessed. So he comes out the next morning. He looks at the people who've come and he says, go home. God says, I can't go. They go home. Balak is not happy. So Balak finds all the celebrity athletes he can find. He finds all the billionaire connections he can find, and he sends them all. He doubles them up, actually. He sends them all to ba Balaam, and, and when they get there, Balaam says, I've already told you I can't go with you. Watch this. Here's, here's the way our minds work. He said, I've already told you I can't go with you, and he sees all the gifts that Balak says, just come, and this is yours, and he sees all the benefit he's going to have because he's going to know that person, and everybody's going to know he's hanging out with that superstar. I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking there's Peyton Manning, there's LeBron James. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. I'm thinking, Stephen Curry, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm thinking about right there. And as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about, well, everybody knows you're friends with him. He's seeing all the prestige, but he says, guys, I've already told, watch this. He said, I've already told you. But then he says this. He says, why don't you stay the night and let me see what I can work out with God. Let me see. I already know what God wants, but let me see what I can work out. Therein is the problem. Balaam knows what God wants, but he thinks he can convince him that Balaam should be the exception to the rule. I know what you want, God, but obeying you is not going to help me as much as getting this. No, see, that's the lie of the devil. Many of you don't know about this, but our church has become a refuge and a, and a haven for pastors from all over the world. They come, and many times they come in pain, and they come confessing sin. And the one comment that I've heard from almost every one of them who have had significant moral, moral failures was this, I thought I was different than everybody else. I thought I was different. I thought I could handle it. Listen to me. You cannot 
handle the compromise. The compromise will handle you. What you need to do is stop weighing out the value of your obedience. And you need to obey God even when you don't see immediate benefits. So with this in mind, I want you to rethink the tone of verse 20. It wasn't, well, then go ahead. Oh, yes, I see different. It's like this. It was the tone my dad used to say. He'd say, boys, don't do it. Don't do it. We'd keep trying to do it. My dad would look at it and say, go ahead then. Does anybody else understand that tone at all? Go, go ahead then, and I'm going to bust you up. Come on. The problem was, my dad would bust both my older brother and I before the other one knew he'd already got a hold of the other one. Come on, amen. So with this in mind, think about it this way. Here's the father. He said, I told him not to go, but he was determined to go. But even in that, God's grace shows up. Because here's the problem. All God can see is not just what Balaam's going to struggle with, but where Balaam gets where he's going, he's actually going to cause a tremendous amount of chaos and a tremendous amount of pain, so much chaos and so much pain, they're going to still be talking about it in the last book called Revelation. Okay? Literally, they talk about Balaam and the curse of Balaam because he caused so much pain and so much chaos. And I want you to get this. When you're headed somewhere that God has told you not to go, you should expect chaos and pain. I want you to get that. Because you're sitting over here trying to decide if you need to run out on your family or not because you can feel a little better about yourself. But standing standing the ground is going to be tough. Standing to see God move for your family is going to be tough. And you're weighing it out. Stop weighing it out because what you're going to do is end up in chaos and pain. But even at this moment, God's grace comes breaking through. Because when Balaam couldn't see the danger ahead, his donkey could. There's something to be said about it when you are so blinded by what you want at any cost that even a donkey is smarter than you. You see, the donkey sees the danger. And what does the donkey do each time that he sees the danger? Do you know? Corrects the path. Changes course. When you are headed on a path of disobedience, you need to correct your path. Can I get an amen? Three times the donkey adjusts the course to save Balaam's life. And then the weirdest conversation in the Bible happens. You ready for this? Watch this. Verse 28. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability. Who gave him the ability? The Lord. And listen to what the donkey says. What have I done to you that deserves your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. Watch this. Balaam responds. You have made me look like a fool. Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. What is so absurd about this passage? It's not the donkey talking. It's the fact that Balaam responds without missing a beat. Can I tell you that if I go home and my dog sits down in front of me and starts talking to me, I am not having a conversation with that. I will be putting a new door in the wall. Come on, amen. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. The absurdity of this moment. Notice the words. What does Balaam say? What does he say? He looks at a talking donkey and says, you've made me look like a fool. I'm thinking, no, he's not. You're the dummy talking to a donkey. Come on. But finally, the most amazing thing, and I want, I'm going to say this, and it's humorous, but I want you to get the truth behind it. He looks at him and says, if I had a sword, I'd kill you. Can I tell you? You don't kill a talking donkey. You cash in on a talking donkey. <laughs> P.T. Barnum has nothing on you. Come on now, man. 
Listen to me. But that's the truth. Most of us miss the miracles in front of us because we've already decided to get to the sin. And then it really breaks my heart that I realize I've been Balaam and not the donkey always. Because the, the donkey has to talk some sense into Balaam. Is this normal? <laughs> Listen, he says, have I done this to you before? And Balaam bows his head and says, no. I know it's a strange story, but I want you to get this today. When God puts warnings along your path, you don't kill your donkey. You start listening and you change course. But we'd rather kill the donkey because the donkey's preventing me from getting where I want to go. Pastor Don, I would never hurt an animal. No, 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 no. You're missing the point. You will kill the donkey that's trying to warn you. Like a friend who's been a really good friend to you, and just because they don't agree with where you're going, you break that friendship off because they warned you about the danger ahead of you? Amen. I'm preaching truth. We will listen to some joker who's been married five times at work telling us why we ought to walk out on our spouse. We'll listen to them and value what they say because they feel better about themselves instead of the parents who raised you, the people who've invested in your life, screaming at you, hollering at you, don't go that way, don't run away, don't, don't go down that path, and we will shoot that donkey because we'll say, you're judging me, and we'll walk out of that relationship. I'm preaching truth. You ready for this? We will change churches because we want somebody to tell us how good we are instead of somebody who tells us that there's a good God who wants to work in your life and bring you to a better place. Come on now. Amen. Maybe this sermon was for the other services. Let me, let me close. Here's what you're missing. The reason that God gets in your way is to show you the way. The reason that you can't just go to sin is a thing called grace that's trying to block you. Stop killing the donkeys and start listening. There's some people, I want to grab hold of them, and I want to say, I'm having to look at them like this, and I'm trying to sound very pastoral when I'm looking at them. I'm looking at them, I'm going, I just don't think this is God's will for your life. Now listen to me, you know better than this. But the reality is, I want to grab them by their collar and say, Dummy! Stop! Put it down! Don't go back! Stop living this way! Pastor Don, if you do that, they'll leave your church. The Bible says that one day I will stand before the throne of God and I will be judged for every word that I proclaim from behind this pulpit. And I want people to say that my pastor said there's a better way and there's a way to serve Jesus that will bring you to a better place that will set you onto the best and the highest course for your life. And, and I, don't worry, I'm not going to come grab you and scream in your face. But, but what I'm doing when I say I don't think this is right for your life, on the inside I'm going, ah! Because here's why. Numbers 22 and 32 really sums it up. The angel starts talking. When the messenger from God starts talking, it's there to bring you clarity. The angel of the Lord asked him, why have you beaten your donkey these three times? Watch this. I, I have come here, this what they, I come here to oppose 
you. Some of you feel like the things, the people of God are against you, and you feel like everybody that should be loving you is against you, but the reality is God himself is opposing the road that's pulling you toward destruction. Watch this, because your path is a, what's that word? A reckless one. The Hebrew word for reckless there could actually be translated as a reckless driver. Okay? It's funny. Somebody just made me talk about you. <laughs> Amen. A reckless driver. Someone who drives too fast for conditions and somebody, watch this, someone who is speeding down a windy road. I believe the message translation probably would translate it that way. A reckless driver. The path that you're on, you're not looking at the conditions. You're just headed toward destruction. And you're doing it as fast as you can get there. He said, but God loved me enough to send me to oppose you. And God loved you enough to send a donkey to tell you. And when I, it hit me in not the first service, but at the end of the third service, today I am the donkey. Today, I'm the donkey. <laughs> Call me what you want, but I'm the donkey today. And I'm saying, stop. Stop. Don't outweigh the benefit of sin against the benefit of glory that awaits those who are faithful to God. You might fight for a little while now, but it will be worth it in the end for joy awaits all of those who are faithful and serve the Lord with all of their hearts. What do you do when you're headed the wrong way? You change course. You correct the path. Stand with me. God loves you too much to let you head, let you go headlong into trouble. So he sent a donkey today. Come on now. Please don't insert bad words there when you're thinking of me. But he sent a donkey to tell you, don't go the wrong way. Correct your path. Change your course. How many are thankful for a God who corrects our path? Bow your heads all over this place. I'm not going to belabor this. I'm not going to keep it long. The Word works. I have preached the Word of God to you, and the Word works. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I have been on the wrong course, and I'm going to change my course. I want to correct my path. I, I want everybody praying. I don't need your help. The Holy Spirit does not need your help or my help even at this point. But God's wanting to change your course. If that's you today, this is it. I'm changing my course. Let me see your hands. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hands literally going up all over this place. Thank you. Thank you. God's changing your course. We're going to pray a prayer of repentance here in just a moment. Put those hands down. You are the children of the living God. He loves you and his grace has opposed you because he's going to move you into a better place. Quickly, I'm going to pray one more prayer for these, but I want to ask one more question. Maybe you're here today and you said, Pastor, if I were to run into that wall and my life were to end, I don't know for certain that I would go to heaven. I don't know that I have corrected my course enough by surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're watching, maybe you're listening, maybe you're here present. This is your day. This is your time. This is the moment for you to say, this day, this day at the end of October, 
is the beginning of a new day when I correct my course and make Jesus my Lord and Savior. If that's you with everyone praying, I'm not going to embarrass you any more than anyone else because everyone that raised their hand, I didn't embarrass anybody. But I want to pray with you. If today's the day you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, I want to see your hand right where it is. Hold it up high. If today's the day, thank you, thank you. Are there others? Thank you. Are there others? This is it. You're changing course today. Hallelujah. I feel Jesus. All right. Just right there near you, join hands with someone. You don't have to cross the aisles. Just join hands with someone near you. We're going to pray a prayer of faith with these many that have said, today, I'm going to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. This is it. They're changing path to the ultimate path to know Jesus. Confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and believing in their heart that God raised him from the dead. And then I'm going to pray for everyone else. I'm going to address those that are watching or listening. Pray this prayer with us right where you are and God will change your life also. Pray this prayer with us now. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I am convicted of my sin. I am sorry for the life that I've lived. In Jesus' name, I repent of my sins. I will not be that person anymore. I give you my past, my present, and my future. In Jesus' name, I receive your grace. And now, by faith, I declare God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Father God, I pray for these that have prayed this, some as a point of rededication and some as a point of salvation today. Father, I thank you that this day, right where we are and right where those that have joined us in the other ways are, that their lives are being changed for all eternity. And Lord, you see all the rest of us on this path that have said today, I know exactly how I need to correct course. Lord, forgive us. Come on, pray with Forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us by the blood of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, we receive grace. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.